Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you feeling today? It's feeling good. You look good. I'd like to welcome all those joining us online. My name is Todd. I'm one of the pastors here. I'd like to give a big shout out to our Grovetown campus and Pastor Steve there. So glad you guys are tuning in today. Proud of the work they're doing. As you know, we started that campus this year, the beginning of this year, and it's already doing just fantastic. Had our first child dedications, our first baptisms, first people coming to Jesus. It's it's been incredible. Super excited about what's happening there. I'd like to give a shout out to our South Campus and uh, uh, Pastor Branton. Yeah, somebody even here is getting excited about the South Campus. Uh, so glad you guys are tuning in. Proud of them. They have seen a real growth spurt over the past six to eight months, and the energy there is electric and, and super excited about what God is doing at our campuses, both South and Grovetown, and, and, and you know our online campus. Online, we have people watching all over the world, and so it's pretty amazing that all this, you know, it's not just what happens in these four walls. A lot happens here, but God has used us to go f- much further than these four walls of this building here at the Augusta, Augusta campus. And uh, it's hard to believe that all this started about 35 years ago in a borrowed living room with Pastor Marty and his wife, Patty. And we have been able to see over the years what God has done. We are truly a blessed congregation. Do you not agree? Amen. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Well, last week we started a series called The Joshua Generation, and the theme verse is is what you saw on the the intro video there, and it just says simply this, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And the main idea is really that no matter what you might be facing, we don't have to fear or be discouraged because God is bigger than our situation, and he will be with us wherever we go. And so today, if you're, you're, you know, if you're facing that, we don't have to fear that. And so we're going to look at, we're going to focus on a story in Joshua, uh, Joshua 6, and it's on the walls of Jericho. So if you want to go ahead and get your Bible out or Bible app or whatever you're going to use and, and turn to Joshua 6, that's where we're going to kind of camp out today. So how many of you have ever watched MMA or UFC fighting? Anybody a fan of that? Yeah, I got a few of you out here. Yeah, Okay. You know, Pastor Ryan, he loves MMA and UFC fighting. So if you don't know what it is, it's kind of like boxing, but it's not. It's like boxing, but do whatever you want to each other while you're in the ring. And it's like a cage. So you can't get out of it. I mean, you're like in a cage. You put two guys, two girls in there, and they just beat each other up. I mean, that's basically what it is. There's not a whole lot of rules. There are, but it doesn't look like there are a whole lot of rules. Ryan loves MMA. His family, his two boys, Boston and Balin. You know, they even have like an area in their basement that they have like a sparring place where they, they have stuff, they, they fight and do stuff. So they, they're real into it. They watch the fights almost every Saturday night when they come on pay-per-view, they get the fights there at their house. A lot of people, you know, their friends, some of their, their, the kids' friends especially, students go over there and watch. My son Grayson, he loves going over there to watch the fights. And so they, they watch the fights. And there's really only three main ways that you can lose in a UFC fight. The first way is that you lose by points, okay? 
Second way is you get knocked out. And the third way, which I think is the worst way to lose, is you tap out, is what they call it. You tap out, you quit. You're in some kind of hold, they get you in a chokehold, you can't breathe, whatever it might be, a leg thingy, hold, and you, you can't take it anymore, and you tap out, and the referee sees it or the person notices that you tap out, and then you basically forfeit. You quit. You quit. So that's a terrible way to lose. Well, my friend Ryan, Ryan's our children's pastor here, Pastor Ryan, um, last week, Pastor Ryan preached at the 12 o'clock service. So we had many communicators last week, if you were not here, so you had, we had someone different at each of our campuses, Pastor Steve and Pastor Branton spoke at the campuses, and then here, for each service, we had a different communicator. So JT, Pastor JT spoke at the first service, Pastor Sarah spoke at the 1030, and then Ryan at the 12. And so, um, you know, I watched both of them, all three of them. Two of them I watched, the first one and the second one, in the auditorium. The third one I watched from the green room, so I was watching Ryan. And Ryan was preaching, you know, and he went off script, went off his notes a little bit. And he brought me into the sermon for no reason. I mean, there was no reason behind this. He brought me into the message. And he started talking about me and jean jackets and midlife crisis and different things like that. And I was like, that is completely uncalled for. I mean, it has nothing to do with Joshua, nothing to do with this series. And he's bringing in me to this, to this message. So what I, what I really felt like was he was lucky that I was not sitting in this audience. Because if I was, I probably would have come up and Will Smith his tail. <laughs> but I didn't. Gained my composure. And I let it go until after the service. And I came to him. I said, we're going to handle this like men. Okay? We're going to, I challenge you, since you like MMA, challenging you to an MMA fight, to a UFC fight. Me and you, mano y mano. So we did that this week. And this is a picture at the end of the fight. Yeah. He tapped out. He quit. Bill Ryan, little baby, quit. You had him in that chokehold. I didn't know I had that many tattoos, but I do. Yeah. Not a whole lot authentic about that picture. The one thing that is authentic is, is that uh, if you go on Ryan's Instagram, he's usually with a shirt off. So that's the only thing that's really authentic about that. <laughs> on a serious note, uh, so often when we find ourselves in tough situations where we want to quit and things get tough, we tap out and we want to quit. So today we're going to look at a, a very powerful story that I believe could, could give many of you the faith you need to go on when it would be easier to just quit. But first, let me give you uh, the context. So you have the children of Israel, and they were wandering around in the desert for 40 years. And they were finally at the point where they were going to step into the promised land. And the only thing that was standing in their way was this city, the city of Jericho. You see, God had promised them the city of Jericho, but they had yet to take hold of the promise. So let's pick up the story in Joshua 6.1. It says this. Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho 
its king, and all its warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horn, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. So if you grew up in Sunday school or went to church, grew up in church like I did, there was a little song that went along with this story. Do you guys know the song? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, and Joshua. And that's good. Y'all got it much better than the first service. First service, it was like crickets. They weren't. All those people with hellions, they didn't grow up in church at all. They didn't. (laughs) Well, the assignment was simple. Walk around the walls one time a day. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times. Shout, blow your horns, and the walls are going to come tumbling down. Seems simple. So why, I'm wondering though, why do we give up when God has promised us so much? Why do we find it hard to keep going and often lose our trust in the promises of God? Well, during our time today, I want to show you two main reasons that I feel will cause us to want to tap out when things get difficult. The first thing, the first reason is because our perspective is often limited. Our perspective is often limited. You see, Jericho was not a very big city. You could actually, they say you could march around the city um, like within an hour. I think there's a picture of the, the city here to give you an idea of what it looked like. And the problem wasn't that the city was big. The problem was that the walls were so high. And here you have the Israelites so close to the promise that God had been telling them about. But here they face this city that they have to overtake, these giant walls that just seem unobtainable. And maybe you're here today and you can relate to that. Maybe you know where you want to be, where you want to go. You have a vision for your life. But it just seems like that all you see are obstacles. All you see are problems. All you see are walls in front of you. Let's get back to our text. Now, the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. This is going back to verse 1. Because the people were afraid of the Israelites. No one was allowed to go out or in. But the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given you Jericho, its king and all of its strong warriors. So in the first verse, we see that it's, Jericho is, is, is shut tight. they've scoped it out and they're not letting anybody in or out. The walls are high. This is not a good situation. they, they They don't feel like there's any way that we can get really into that city. But here on the other hand, you have God in verse two say, see, I've given you the city. It's yours. I've done it. But all they're seeing is walls. They see, they, God might've been saying that, but they see these walls and that it's impossible. But you see, God is the only one who speaks in past tense before present reality. He's the only one who can tell you what is when what is isn't yet. 
And what we have to understand is what he says is different than what we see. What he says about us is different than what we see it and what we feel about ourselves so often or about a situation. And we have to learn that it's not really anything to do with our natural eyes, but it's all to do with our spiritual understanding. See, I've already given you the victory, is what he said. And if you would just see what God needs you to see today, you would walk out if you're completely different than the way that you walked in. If you could understand that God's already given you Jericho, the Bible, are, the Bible is full of words that say, see, I have already conquered death. See, I have already healed your diseases. See, I am already your provider and your provision. See, I have already fought the battle and won your freedom. See, I have already paid the price for your brokenness to become whole. If you could only see it, then when things are tough and when things uh, doesn't seem like anything is changing and the walls are still high and things look impossible, and you want to tap out, God says, Todd, I need you to see that you are victorious. See what I see. Those that are a Grovetown campus, those that are a South campus, you have to see that, you, that God says, I have already done this for you. You just have to see. See what he sees. It's a different perspective. And when you know that something is already done, your whole behavior changes. When you know it's already paid for, you walk around with a whole different expression. You know, when you, when you know he's already taken care of it, you stop seeing things in the natural and you go back to the word and you say, he's already done it. He's delivered Jericho into your hands. So this is the principle that I want us to learn here is that we don't focus on our problem. We focus on the promise. Don't focus on the problem. Don't focus on the wall but focus on what God says and what he sees and his promise. So the first thing is our, our perspective is often limited. The second thing is this. Our progress isn't always obvious. So let's pick back up our, our text in verse number 10. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Verse 14. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. Could you imagine the frustration that these soldiers were having? I mean, this was decades in the making where God had promised them this, this land and they've been wandering around in the desert for 40 years, and now they're here right at the brink of getting their promise, and all they're doing is walking, marching around. They've been trained for battle. I mean, these are soldiers. They're ready to take this city, and God is just having them walk, just taking a stroll. I can imagine them being back at, at the campsite, you know, after the, the first day that they marched around. And again, it took about an hour, they say, they're back at camp, and the wives probably are texting their husbands, you know, hey, how's the battle going? You know, kill a bunch of bad guys today? And they're like, well, you know, we're getting warmed up, LOL, you know, <laughs> getting loosened up, getting stretched out, tooting the horns a little bit. You know, they were, they were frustrated. 
It would have been helpful, you know, if God would have given them some kind of encouragement each day. You know, like they walk around the, the city once and there's something that happens. Maybe it's like a video game. You know, you finish a level and you get like a little music there. Dun, da, da, or, you know, something to say, good job. You finished one. You got some progress. Now we're going on to lap two tomorrow. You know, something. But there was none of that. Maybe as they walked around the, uh, around the wall, one-seventh of the wall would come down each day. Just anything to give them some encouragement. Because, you know, we can handle the process as long as we see some progress. We can handle some of the things that are happening, some of the pain, some of the things we have to do as long as we see progress. You know, we'll fight for our marriage as long as we know there's hope. We'll keep paying down our debt when we know at the end of it, we're gonna eventually be free. We'll eat good and exercise if we know that we're gonna to go to the beach this summer and have you know, six-pack abs and be like Ryan. You know, we'll do that. We'll take the pain. We'll go through the process as long as we see progress. But not only did they not see progress, Joshua tells them not to talk. Don't give a war cry. Don't raise your voices. Don't say a word. And for some of you, that would never work out. Because I've heard you, and y'all, some of y'all got a lot of words. You would not be doing well in that situation. So why do you think that Joshua kept them from talking? Could it be because Joshua knew that our mouths can so often be our worst enemy? The words that we say to others, to ourselves. Seven or eight years ago, it might have been longer than that, um, during 21 days of prayer, I felt like God was, was giving me three prayers that I, that I was going to focus on at that time. And we had this up in our house, actually, on a, a little frame type thing. It just guide my steps, guard my mouth, and give me wisdom. Those were the three prayers that I prayed every day. Guide my steps, guard my words, and give me wisdom. Because our mouth can get us into all kinds of trouble. And like I said, not just the other people, which that so often can, but also to ourselves. What do we say to ourselves about situations? And we have to make sure that we, again, it's not what we say, but it's what he has said about us and what he sees about us. But can you imagine those Israelites, if, if he hadn't told them to don't talk, they would have been grumbling and complaining and been like, I can't believe we're doing this. This is not working. We've been walking around here. We can't, I got my sword. I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go to battle. And we're just sitting here. My feet are hurting. This is ridiculous. You could just hear them, can't you? Can't you find yourself? We do that so often in our life and our situations. But in those situations, what I've come to find that I have to do to myself is I have to say, Todd, be quiet. Be quiet and keep marching. Keep Keep quiet and continue to do the things that God has called you to do, the things that God has told you to do. Keep quiet and keep moving. And this is what I want us to see, and it's the main principle for this section, is that God is working even when we can't see it. God is working even when we can't see it. Here's what's interesting also about this, is that God told Joshua that this whole process was gonna take seven days. Joshua never told the people how long they'd be marching. He didn't tell them this. So as far as they knew, they were just 
they were in a marching band. You know, they were playing the horns, marching around the, the, the city of Jericho. It's like they were in the Macy's Day Parade. They, they, didn't know any, they didn't know any different. And so you could see where they were frustrated. They were frustrated. They were doing the things that God told them to do. They were doing the right thing, but yet there was no end in sight. And how many times do we do that? Where we're doing the right things. We're coming to church. We're reading our Bible. We're praying. We're doing all the right things. But it just seems like the, the end is not in sight. It's so much easier to persevere when you know how long before the promise. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can persevere and go through a lot of things if you know the promise is there. And for all my single people out there, you know, it's, it's, it's easier to stay pure for two more years if you knew that you had the right spouse was there waiting on you. All I got is two more years, God. I can do it. Two more years. Or maybe you, if you knew that your spouse's depression was going to be over after this season, you could handle that. Or maybe if your marriage that is broken was going to be healed by Christmas time. You could, you could handle that. You could go through that if you knew that at the end of it, it was going to be whole. It's a lot easier to take the pain if you know that there's a payoff. But if you're like me so often, you're like, I don't understand, God. Where are you? God, I don't see you in this situation. And maybe, just maybe God's just building our faith. And he's teaching us to depend on him even when we don't see the results. He's building our faith. And what I've discovered is, is that God often, he does something in you before he does something for you. So often he's doing something in us, shaping us, adjusting some things, doing something in us before he does something for us. And that's really... My story over the past few months, really years, I feel like that I've been in this place where I'm, you know, some things don't make sense to me. And, you know, I'm, Pastor Marty asked me to preach, um, you know, last month or so, and I, I, obviously I was, yes, honored, I'll, I'll do it. You're going to get me one time a year whether you like it or not. And so I was honored to do it, and then I went and looked at the, the topics and what my day was and uh, what we had charted out, and, and it was about Joshua 6, and it was all about trusting, it was all about faith, and I was like, God, you have a sense of humor, because these are the things that I've been struggling with. And so often, I think that um, it's easy for people to think that Pastor Marty or some of us that are pastors on staff or work at a church that... You know, they, you got it all together and nothing ever goes wrong. Your faith is never in question, whatever it might be. But that's not true. <laughs> you know, we deal with things and we go through situations. And um, that's where I find myself now. And so I'm going to be transparent with you over the next few minutes. And, um, you know, my mom, if you know anything about my family's story, as um, she, about 15 years ago, found out that she had cancer in her kidney. And so they, they were able to get it. They took the whole kidney and felt really good about the surgery and that they got all the cancer. And so she, you know, was fine. She was going for scans and all that kind of stuff, and things were going well. 
Um, in this process, she was feeling still weak and couldn't breathe real, real well. And um, so they ended up diagnosing her with COPD, which is a disease that just basically your lungs die. And so eventually they just get to the point where, uh, you know, you just can't do much of anything. And that's kind of where she is right now. Um, she's on oxygen 24-7. She can't, you know, she'll go brush her teeth and she's exhausted. You know, it's just, it's just terrible. Um, and then, so she's been, she was cancer-free, though. And then um, it was on her last one, t- t- 10 years later, it's her last kind of scan before they release you and um, don't have to do the scans as often. And when you know it, it showed up in her other kidney. And so they had to go in and they were able to just take out a large portion of the kidney to get the cancer. And so she had a small portion left. Thank God that it, it started working. And so she didn't have to go to dialysis afterwards. And so she, she has a very small portion of her one kidney left that um, it's working. And so we praise God for that. But they felt like they had the cancer. They felt like they got it. Fast forward to last year, she went back in for another scan, and they found some on her lung. And so it had metastasized, and so she has some spots on her lung. So she's been going through treatment. She, she can't do regular treatment for cancer, one, because of her age, but really because of her kidney. You know, she only has that very small portion of the kidney. So she found out it was there. So the, the good news is, is that it's shrinking so that through the treatment, so we're praising God for that. But my mom is, she's in rough shape, you know, and on top of that, she can't see. So like she has degenerative eye disease as well that she cannot see. So she can't see, she can't breathe. She, it's, it's not good, you know. And so a lot of times, if I'm not careful in the flesh, I'm going to be honest with you, I say, God, where are you in this? What, what's going on with this? Why does my mom have to suffer like this? I mean, my parents were in ministry. They gave their lives to, to, to you. Why, why? I don't understand. It's very easy for me to do that. Then on top of that, my brother, about eight months ago, started dealing with some things with his right hand. And it got worse and worse. He couldn't really pick things up. He was losing all the strength in his hand. And his chiropractor said, you need to go to the, to the hospital to get this, some testing done. So he went to Vanderbilt University, the hospital there, and they did all kinds of testing they checked him in for the weekend, did MRIs, they brain, brain scans, spinal tap, you name it. They, did, they worked him over. And basically what they came up with is they feel like that he has ALS. And if you know anything about ALS, ALS is a devastating, cruel disease. Um, it takes your limbs, basically your hands and your arms to where you can't use them anymore. Your legs, it goes to your legs and just, you know, does the same thing. Eventually... Um, once it's done that, it'll go to your core, and you won't be able to swallow. You can't talk. Um, then you can't really breathe. You can't eat. So eventually, you end up on a breathing machine. You end up with a feeding tube, and that's kind of how you end your life. And that's about a three- to five-year process from start to finish. And so my brother has that. And again, I'm saying, God, why? what is why? What is this about? I don't understand. I've given my life to you. Why, why is this happening? 
to my family? Why is this happening to my brother? And I'm not saying this to say, oh, poor Todd, poor Todd's family. I'm saying this because I know that many of you have similar situations. It might not be cancer. It might not be ALS, it, but it's other things. You have things going on in your life where you maybe say, God, I don't, I don't quite get that. I don't quite understand why you are allowing this to happen. And so I, I've been wrestling. Uh, I've been wrestling over the past little bit. And this is what God's been telling me. The, the main thing is, is that he tells me, that he's been telling me is that, you know, that faith is a choice. We have a choice whether we're not, if we're going to believe what God says. Do we believe that he's a healer or not? Do we believe that God uh, is a provider or not? Now, that doesn't mean that he's always going to do it in the manner or the way that we want it to be done, but do we believe it? Do we have the faith to believe that God can heal somebody? Do we have the faith to believe that God can change somebody's life? And so I have to come to that point. But what we understand is that it is a choice. You have, to have, you have to make that choice where you're saying, I'm gonna believe what you say. And you say we are healed. You say we are a whole God. So I'm gonna stand on that promise. Faith is a choice. And then there's three main things that, I, that I'm, I'm gonna start walking out. And I, maybe this will help you if you're going through something today. And it's this. That through these circumstances, when you look at the walls, when you look at the obstacles, you look at the things in your lives, look at the dreams that you have that it seems like they're not happening, the first thing is that you got to just keep moving. Keep moving. Don't stop. Continue to do the things that God has called you to do. Continue to obey him. Continue to worship him. But keep moving. The, the children of Israel didn't stop. They kept moving. Even though they might have been going in circles, they were moving. They were going forward. So keep moving. The second thing is this. Keep praying. Keep praying. It says in the scripture that by his stripes, we are healed. Keep praying. Keep believing that God's going to do a miracle. Keep believing. And the third thing is this. Keep trusting. Keep trusting. When things don't look good, when you got a wall in front of you, when you have a disease that is just a, a terrible, terrible thing and it doesn't look like there's any hope, when you feel like that your dream is so far away that you're never going to get it, when that business that you feel like you're supposed to start is so far away and it doesn't look like you're going to be able to get there, everything's working against you, keep trusting. Keep trusting. Because here's what I know, that if we can do that, we will come to know that he may be closer than you think. Your, your dream may be closer than you think. Your healing may be closer than you think. Florence Chadwick was the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways. And in 1952, she decided to attempt a 26-mile swim between the California coastline and Catalina Island. Fifteen hours into the swim, there was a thick fog that kind of came over the area that she was swimming. And she became very confused, and her vision, she couldn't see anything 
and she was exhausted and she started to get discouraged and really just didn't feel like that she was gonna be able to make it. And all the people in the boat were just encouraging her, keep going, keep going, but she, she just couldn't see. She could not see. And so she had them pull her in the boat. And as she got into the boat and she looked off into the distance, she could see that she was only a half a mile away from the shore. You may be closer than you think. You may be closer than you think to your healing today. You may be closer than you think for your dream being realized today. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't tap out. But see what God sees. Listen to what God is telling you, not what you may see and the, the emotions that you might have, but go back to God's word and keep moving and keep praying and keep trusting. Keep moving. Keep praying. Keep trusting. And I believe if we do, that we will see God move in our lives. Maybe not exactly how we expect it always, but he will be moving. That's what it says in Hebrews. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you'll receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. In just a little while. God might not always move as early or as fast as we want him to, but something that you can be guaranteed of, he is never late. He is never late. And so you're here this morning and you're watching online or maybe you're at a South Campus or a Grovetown Campus and you... You're about to give up on your marriage. You're about to give up on your dream. You're about to give up on your kids. Maybe you're about to give up on God. I would just say to you, you may be closer than you think to your miracle, to your breakthrough. Don't quit. Don't give up. Over the next few minutes, we're gonna pray. And we're gonna pray that God would just help us, that God would help me. I need, I need God to continue to do something in me. And I know that a lot of you are facing some very difficult things, some very difficult challenges, some walls that just seem unsurmountable. And we're gonna believe that God's gonna meet you right where you are and that God's gonna give you the faith. He's gonna give you the strength that you need today. And I also wanna pray for those that maybe today you come into this place and you never received Jesus into your life. Maybe today's the day that you say, yeah, I, I wanna take that step. I need God in my life. I'm, I've tried to do it on my own and I need, some, I need a power that's greater than myself. And today's your day. And so we're gonna pray for you and I believe that God's gonna meet you right where you are. So why don't you go ahead and stand as we can get ready to close. And nobody really leaving if you can and just let's, 
I really believe that God's going to do something to, in some people's lives today. So if you would just bow your heads and if that was you this morning where maybe you've never had that relationship with Jesus and you want to make that step today, if that's you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. God, I pray for those individuals that lifted their hand here, those at the South Campus and those at Grovetown, those on the line. God, I pray that you would just meet them right where they are. God, allow them to know that you're a God that never fails, that you're a God that loves them. And so, God, as they pray a prayer like this, they just say, God, come in and forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my past. I surrender my life to you. Come be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for what you're doing in people's hearts and lives today. Now, the second prayer I want to pray is for those of you that have that wall, have that obstacle, have those things in your life that it just seem unsurmountable. Maybe you need a healing. Maybe you need a breakthrough, whatever it might be. And if that was speaking to you today and you want uh, me to pray for you, I just, just lift up your hand, just all over the auditorium. Yeah, hands all over. Yeah. And let's pray. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that if people all over this auditorium or over our campuses online, that God, they seem like that the walls are just overwhelming to them. God, I pray that you'd allow them to have confidence and put their faith and their hope in you to know that it's what you see. And God, you have promised us that you can heal. God, you have promised us that you will come through in situations for us. So whatever they might be facing, God, God, that you would just allow them to know they might be closer than they think and to not give up, to not throw in the towel, to not tap out, but God, that you would come and that you would bring a healing right now in the name of Jesus. Those that need a healing, said by your stripes we are healed. So God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you're healing depression. God, that you're healing cancer. God, that you're healing um, ALS right now. God, as my brother is watching right now, God, that you're healing in the name of Jesus. God, come have your way. Have your way, Lord Jesus. God, those that, are, that have a dream, God, and it seems like obstacles are in their way, God, I pray that right now that they could put, they could put their hope and trust in you, and God, that you would allow them to know that they don't have to quit, that it's closer than they think. God, that you're doing something amazing in people's lives right now. So God, we give you praise. We give you glory, and we give you honor, and thank you for what you have done in this place today. It's in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we just clap our hands and thank God, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.